This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. I am so proud of you making it out on a rainy day like this. This is so great. Those of you joining us at home, we love you. We're with you. Thanks for being a part of this with us as well. I was, I was thinking about this when I woke up this morning and it was just pouring rain. Our time in Canada, there would be times where it would dump snow, like minus 30 degrees, like four feet of snow falling. And I'd be like, we obviously have to cancel the church service. And I'd call like my worship pastor, who's like a Canadian, and he'd be like, why? And I'm like, because we're going to die? And he's like, no. So it's just funny to see like... <laughs> Different people have different tolerance for weather, right? And so you're the brave one. So welcome. This is exciting. There is this song that I have come to love by one of my favorite bands, by the band Mumford & Sons. And the lyrics of the song go like this. Awake my soul, awake my soul, awake my soul, for you were made to meet your maker. I remember the first time I heard that song, not only did I like, like the music, but those, those lyrics just resonated with me because it just spoke as if that's been my experience, that there's just always been this hunger within me for something greater, for something more. And I was like, yes, like that feels like my experience. Like I, that there's something in me that was made to know something greater, not my own greatness, but for something bigger than me. And, and I so resonated with those lyrics when I first heard them. But it's an interesting song because Marcus Mumford, who wrote it, he takes a turn in the song. And you see that he's wrestling with his own spiritual journey and his own story. Because he'll go on and the song continues and it says this. How fickle my heart and how woozy my eyes. I struggle to find any truth in your lies. And now my heart stumbles on things I don't know. And my weakness I feel I must finally show. And again, when I first heard those lyrics, I'm like, I've been there in my journey. I wrestled with those things. I've been fickle in my story. I love that word, fickle. Anyone ever been fickle before? Yeah. You know what fickle is? Fickle is when my daughters come to me and they complain, we're so bored, Dad, after we just went to Disneyland. I'm like, really? <laughs> or, or fickle is when I get pouty as a 40-something-year-old man, because something didn't go my way. Anyone? Yeah. Or fickle is when we forget how incredible God can be, how incredible and amazing and loving and how good he's been in our story. We can become so fickle when the struggles of today become so overwhelming that instead of saying, God help me, or God thank you for the past, we cry foul against him. Man, that's fickle. And I love it when you find a good song that stirs something up, that you resonate with in your own story, that stirs up your thoughts and your emotions, and it causes you just to think about life and how things are and how you can be in it, which is why I love this particular song by Mumford & Sons. It's been on so many of my playlists over the years. Like back in the day when I was younger, this would have been on a mixtape. How many of you are old enough to remember mixtapes? Yeah, I've had to explain this to my daughters. They're like, what is a tape? It's like, not what you wrap presents with, right? Like, it, like, we literally would have to take a cassette tape, and then if you were lucky enough to have the fancy cassette tape players that had the side-by-sides, and you'd take your friend's cassette tape, and you'd make a pirated copy of it for yourself, or then you'd put a few of the songs that you wanted on this one mixtape. I didn't have that. I only had the single little disc man that had the radio. So I would have to wait all afternoon for the greatest hits to play and just hope I could hit record and capture my favorite song. And then hope the DJ didn't ruin it by talking over the song. Remember that? 
Like, it was horrible. But, like, that's what we were committed to with the technology that we had. But when you had a mixtape, you would put songs on it that were meaningful to you. They, they somehow spoke to you about a moment in life or a relationship or something that was going on. And, and so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to take a look at some songs that we have recorded in the pages of this book. In, in the middle section of what we call the Psalms, which were the ancient songs of the people of Israel back in their day. It, it, it's kind of like God put a mixtape in the book. Hey, I've written a whole bunch of songs through these people that I worked with, and, and I want to share them with you. And when you read through the Psalms, you see this gambit of, of songs. You see happy songs that are about celebration and how amazing God is, and, and heavy songs that are about struggle and, and, and challenge, and angry songs that are about, like, I'm going to get them, God. And God's like, let's figure this out. <laughs> But it's an amazing thing as we look through it. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to unpack a song that we have on the mixtape that God has given us and learn about what it can mean for our story as we hear the lyrics and resonate with our own struggle and our own journey. And so today we're going to jump into a song written by this dude named Asaph. Asaph is one of the songwriters. He lived at the same time as that dude David that killed the giant who became this epic king, if you know that story. In fact, Asaph was one of David's worship leaders in the time of David, and, and Asaph wrote several songs. And one of the things I really, really appreciate about Asaph is that his songs are very honest about his journey and his story. Like back in his day, he would have been like a James Taylor for his people, or, or a Stevie Wonder, or maybe a Taylor Swift. Like that's who he would have been for his people in his day. Like they would have loved his songs, and they're like, let's play another one, Asaph, sing us another song. And so we're going to take a look at one of his songs that has always resonated with me because it's so strikingly honest. And it's in the Psalms. It's Psalm 73. And I just want to take us through the song today because I think it can speak to us in our journey today. And so are you ready? I'm going to hit play on the cassette tape. Imagine you're wearing those big puffy headphones with the little wire that goes across. And you're so cool because you got your Walkman on. And if you were fancy, you had the yellow one because it was the sport model. And here we go. And Asaph begins with these words. He says, Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. It's kind of how I would expect like an ancient spiritual songwriter to start his song. Like affirming God in his story and how amazing God is and, and what God has done. And, and, and how faithful God is to those who are seeking to be pure. Those who are seeking to follow after him. And I would expect the song to continue with something like this, that Asaph would go on and say something to the effect, and, and my heart was always happy because I thought of how amazing you were, God, and it was always good, and it would be a very upbeat tempo kind of song. That's what I would think. But right at the start, Asaph takes a turn, and he goes on, and he says, but as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. And it's like right out of the gate, Asaph is telling us that he's struggling with something in his story. Like there's this deep challenge that he's feeling, and he's wondering if he's even going to make it. Have you ever felt like that in your story? Have you ever had a wrestle like that? And, and I, I'm so grateful for this because he's being so honest and he's being real about what he's going through. And he, he's not presenting just some fluffy portrait of life that seems to always be happy and sappy and clappy, but... He's talking about the reality of the struggle that he's going through, and, and he's wrestling with where God's at in the story. And I appreciate that, because I, I know that struggle in my own story. 
Like, have you just noticed how sometimes life is hard, and it hits, it takes cheap shots, and here's Asaph wrestling with that. And yeah, I think one of the things that we're, we're going to see as we look through the song is that just because life can be difficult and there's challenges we go through, it, it doesn't mean that it's ever beyond God's ability to help us. That God is always greater than the circumstances. The challenge for you and I is that we oftentimes lose sight of that, don't we? And we let the circumstances determine reality. And yet we're promised that God will always be with us. I love how the writer of Hebrews puts this, Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. The writer says this, he says, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. It's such an interesting phrase to say, like, don't love money. And I'm like, well, I, 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 I kind of love money. <laughs> have you ever noticed that money can solve problems? And the lack of money doesn't? And I'm kind of like, what do you mean don't love money? But what the writer's pointing us to, it's not, it's not that money's the problem, it's that when you think money solves all the problems. Because those of you that are old enough remember, more money, more problems. <laughs> right? That the real goal is to be satisfied with what you have. And the reason we can be satisfied with what we have is when we realize that God's in the story and he's for us. So he goes on and says, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? (laughs) And again, my thought is a lot. (laughs) They can say mean things, they can cancel you, they can kill you. And yet the hope that this writer is trying to help us understand is like, but God is bigger. God is bigger. God is bigger. God is bigger. And I think when we forget this, it's all too easy to to let today's struggles, today's challenges, today's hardships determine our view of reality. Like have you ever just been so caught up in a moment, all you can see is the moment, you can't see beyond it? You can't see what happened before. You can't see hope in the future. It's so easy for us to do that. It's super easy to let our right now circumstances diminish our view of who God is, our our view of Jesus at work in the story, showing up in each of our lives. And when we do that, we can begin to let today determine our hope instead of the fact that God has moved in our stories. Jesus has been presented as an option of life to us. And there's hope that we can have for that. That he's here and he's good for us. And yeah, I struggle with Jesus a lot in my story. Because when I'm going through the hard things, this is how my prayer goes. Dear Jesus, fix it. Anyone pray like that? Like whatever it is. Jesus, fix it. Jesus, fix it. And sometimes it doesn't seem like he's on the same wavelength with me. Like there's times when I'm praying like that. And it it feels like Jesus is responding. He's like, Joe, I want to do something more than just fix the circumstance. I want to do something in you in the midst of the circumstance. I I actually want to use this as something to help grow you, to grow your courage, your tenacity, and your faith. I actually want to use this to make you a greater version of yourself. And I'm always like, can can I take the other course, please? (laughs) Because can't you just fix it? Won't you just do something? And and I think the more that we begin to understand who Jesus is and what he's come to to do for us, the more we'll begin to realize that when we say, Jesus, do something, I think his response is, oh, I have. I defeated death itself. I overcame sin and brokenness to bring you into life. When you say, Jesus, do something, I think his response to us is, I have done something, I am doing something, and I will one day finish the work. Don't lose sight of who I am. I'm at work in the story 
And I need to be reminded of that at times because there's times where I'm overwhelmed with the moments and and I'm missing out on what Jesus wants to do and developing something in me. He's wanting to create strength in my core as his follower. When we were in Canada, we had a, a really good friend, Josh, who owned a gym. And Josh just loved our family. And he, he, said, he invited Christy and I to come to his gym to take these classes because he just wanted to like, give this as a gift to us, which I'm like, I don't know if this is a gift, but thank you. <laughs> and so he invited us to come and take these HIT classes, High Intensity Interval Training. He's like, it's really fun. It's like 30 minutes, and you're just going to do like seven minutes at a time and rotate through these courses. And, and it's at 6 a.m., and I want you to come. And we felt obligated out of friendship to say yes, so we did. <laughs> and so we went to this, this class, and I just remember, like, we, we do it, and we're, like, shaking those big ropes, and, and we're doing all this other stuff. And there's this moment where he, his voice is in my head, and he's like, Joel, you're going to want to develop your core. You're going to want to develop your core. And I'm throwing the medicine, wall, medicine ball against the wall, and I just, I, I have this revelation. I don't have a core. <laughs> like, like, this is not going well. And I think that's what happens sometimes when the circumstances just come at us, is that we suddenly realize there's something lacking in here. And I think what Jesus is wanting to do is like, yeah, I want to grow that. I want to meet you right where you're at in the midst of that struggle and make you stronger than you ever thought you could be because I'm at work in your story. And see, I think too often what happens is we let the right now determine our ultimate reality. Instead of letting Jesus show up and develop something in us. And I love what Asaph is doing in this moment because this is exactly where Asaph is. He's spinning in the circumstance that he's facing. And so Asaph, what is it you're struggling with? What is it that's caused you to slip? What is it that's caused you to almost give up and feel like you were gone, that you were losing everything? And he tells us. He says, for, for I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. So catch this. This is his issue right now. He's seeing people that could care less about God. What he's describing is people who are being wicked. So in his day, that would have been people that are like sacrificing children to their pagan gods. That would have been, I think that sounds wicked, right? Like this is darkness. And yet he's watching people living in darkness, essentially giving God the middle finger and still thriving. What's up with that, God? They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Have you ever wrestled with something like that in your story? You're like, God, if you're good and you're for us, why, why is it not going well for me? But more than that, why is it that it seems like people that could care less about you are, are living life large? And so here's Asaph, here's, here he is spinning in this. And so he continues to just wrestle with this and what's going on. And he goes on and he says, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. 
So it's not only that he's wrestling with what seems to be unfair, watching other people's story, he's wondering in his own story now, was this even worth it? Was trying to follow you even worth it? Like, what's in it for me? What do I gain by trying to walk with you and follow you? And he's spinning. He's in a deep struggle in this moment. And I, I, I just, what I wrestle with with this is like, yeah, Asaph, I feel the same way. Are we allowed to talk about this? Like, are we allowed to be honest about this stuff? Because here's Asaph being brutally honest about his struggle. And apparently he doesn't have a problem being honest. But guess who doesn't also seem to have a problem with him being honest? God. Because it's right here on full display. It's almost as if God's like, sing it, man. Keep singing it. Keep singing it. Let me meet you in the midst of it. And he goes on in his wrestle. He says, if I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. Because right? he's a spiritual leader. Right? And spiritual leaders, if, if you're a small group leader or you're working with our next gen or you're, you've ever had like parents, you wrestle with this. Like, there's no way I can be honest about what I'm walking through or going through because I might, I might spin someone else. And yet here's Asaph wrestling with this. He's like, if I talk like this, God, it's not going to go well. I don't know if I can sing this song in church with my peeps. <laughs> and yet here it is in the book. <laughs> so I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. And he's wrestling with this, and he's wrestling with this, and yet he's not afraid to be honest about his journey. He's not afraid to push in. And yet what I love about this, and when we see Asaph being honest, is he's not, it's not simply that he's not afraid to be honest about what he's wrestling with. He's also not afraid to be honest about how he does find hope in the midst of the situation. Because look at what he goes on and he says. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. Then... I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff in destruction. In an instant they're swept away and destroyed, completely swept away by their terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Okay, catch what he's doing here. He's, he's coming before God with all of this, and in doing so, he's gaining a bigger perspective than what, what he can see in this moment. And as he's wrestling with this with God, God is helping him see something important going on, something bigger in the story. And I love what we're seeing Asaph do here, because instead of just focusing on what he thinks is unfair and unjust, he's like, God, I went into your presence, and suddenly I gained a bigger perspective. God, I'm, I'm choosing to actually focus on you more than just the thing that seems to be spinning me. I'm actually looking to you to help me. And when he does this, like despite his despair, despite his, his fear, his frustrations, his anger, he's choosing to focus his mind on God. And in doing so, he gains a greater perspective. And there's something powerful for us in that. I think there's something beautiful for us in that. That even when we're in that place spinning and struggling, it doesn't mean that we can not choose to focus on God despite what we're facing, despite what we're going through. And Asaph doesn't tell us how long he's in this dark place. He doesn't tell us how long he's wallowing about, floundering in his fickleness in his place. But what he shows us is what he chose to do in his darkness, what he chose to do when life was overwhelming him, that Asaph chose to focus on what he knows to be true about God 
even in the midst of his circumstance. And I think there's something powerful about this that, that we shouldn't miss as we're looking at this. Because I think it's really easy when we become fickle to start to flounder. But what Asaph shows us is that you can still choose to be faithful even in the midst of it. You know what it means to be faithful? Full of faith. <laughs> and he's showing us what it looks like that when he's choosing to be faithful and the way he's being faithful is by focusing on God, something begins to shift in his story. And, and I love this because this whole song so far is just a giant rant, yeah? Would you agree? Like, Asaph, you sound pretty upset. <laughs> And yet, who is this song to? Who's he singing to? Who's he crying foul against? You know what that's called? Praying. Have you ever shaken your fist to heaven in your frustration and anger and hurt? You know what that's called? Praying. And it doesn't seem that God's put off by it because it's right here in the book. It's almost like God is like, yes, let's go. Bring this to me. Let's talk this out together. If God was put off by this, I think he would have been like, let's edit that one out. <laughs> but it's almost as if God's like, yes, come here. Because Asaph, when you're willing to engage with me and be honest with me, I'll start to show up and you'll gain a bigger perspective on what's going on. Come to me and look to me. And let me show you something bigger than just what you can see right now. And I love this because as he does this, not only does he gain a greater perspective on the circumstances God shows up in his story, he also begins to gain a greater perspective on himself. Because then he says, after I got this perspective, God, I see the story, I see what's happening. He says, then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Like, that's not really like what you want to post on Facebook today, right? How are you doing? I am a senseless, ignorant animal today. <laughs> but Asaph's gaining a perspective that's amazing. He's learning to be honest, not just about the circumstance, but even about himself. And there's something really powerful when we can begin to be honest about where we're at, because again, that's where God can meet us and begin to remind us of something more true about who we are in his eyes than where we are in our own story. Because again, he goes on, and he gains perspective as well about God at work in his story. And he says, yet, I still belong to you. And you hold my right hand, and you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. And I love this because Asaph's realizing that, God, even in my spinning, you haven't given up on me. Even in my frustration, you're still with me. When my tattoo day comes, this is my tattoo. It's going to be right here on my arm. It's going to be the word tova. It's a Hebrew word that means glory. And it's because of what Asaph writes right here. It's this idea of hope that God is holding me by my right hand in my story. And my future is glorious. Because he's at work in my story. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, my, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Oh, I miss verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. He's realizing that the thing that he wants more than anything else is not what the wicked have. It's he wants God. He wants God in his story. And I love this 
I love what we see Asaph doing in this song because I think it gives such hope for us in our own journeys when we find ourselves spinning and struggling with whatever we're facing with, whatever we're going through. You see, the reason Asaph is able to do this is because he knew who God was in his story. He had relationship with God. So when it's spinning and out of control, he was able to go to God and say, can you help me? He was able to lean in and grab hold of what God had for him, what God was up to, what God wanted to do in his story. And see, if we're going to learn from his example, if we're going to learn how to do this, how to take heart in our own struggle, we're going to need to get to know who God is as he wants to work in our own life. And one of the greatest ways that we actually get to know who God is is by looking at what God has shown us about who he is. It's by looking in the pages of this book, looking at his story, and learning more about him. Because the more we can get God's story in our life, the more we gain a picture of who he is and what he's come to do for us. I love what Paul writes about this. Paul, one of the early Christian leaders, he's writing to the the first Christians just to encourage them to not lose sight of God's story in their own day. And so Paul writes this in Romans 15.4. He says that such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. I love that. Like sometimes, I don't know if you ever just kind of read and you're like, this is a weird story. What's this one all about? And yet the point of reading God's story is so that we can see that God's at work in the story. And he's always moving things forward. He's always trying to get people into a place where they will know him. And that gives us encouragement for our own journey and our own story. And so in my life, in my journey, the reason I read this book isn't so I can get good at reading the book. I read the book so I can get to know God's story. So I can begin to understand how his story intersects with my story. And then what he wants to do in my life and in my story. And so I would encourage you, if you don't have one of these, get one. Amazon.com. If you need help, talk to me. I'll help you get one. There's a beautiful app on your phone called YouVersion. It's totally free, and you can get the Bible in your hand, and you can get all these plans. And I would encourage you, just start to get to know the story. Start with the stories of Jesus. Start with the gospel story, the good news story of Jesus. Start with what's called the book of John or the gospel of John. And just read through the life of Jesus and see what he has for you. And, and if you're like, oh, I've done that, hello, do it again. Because I guarantee you that God has more for you as you get to know the story. And something really cool begins to happen as you lean in and learn God's story. Over time, his story starts to become your story. And you begin to realize, I've got you at play in my life. And when I'm spinning and when I'm struggling, I have something to go to because I know you. I know you're at work in my life. I know you're at work in my story. And you begin to build some history together because you realize that God is for you. And that whatever you're facing today can't cancel that out. Do do you realize that what Jesus did for us is a fact of history? Like the crucifixion and the resurrection, that's not just some mythological story. That's a fact of history, which means that nothing we go through today could ever change that. And if that's God's greatest demonstration of love for us, it means that nothing we face today can change the fact that God loved us so much he did that for us. That's a hope we can hold on to when we're spinning, that there's a, there's a love at work in this world that wants to change us and free us 
and we find the proof of that love in this person, Jesus, and whatever I'm experiencing today can never change the reality of what he's done for me and for you. And so we hold on to that, and we grab on to it. And just like Asaph was able to do, we gain a bigger perspective on life. And so Asaph wraps up his song, and he says, Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. And I love this song because this could have been one that Asaph just wrote and thought, I don't know if I can share this because it might spin people. I'm just going to tuck it away. And God's like, no, let's put it in the book. Let's put it in the mixtape because I want everyone to know that when they're spinning, they can come to me just like you did. I want everyone to know that I have a perspective I want to give them on life and on themselves and on who I am and how I'm at work in the story. And as we begin to walk with him, we realize that God is greater than whatever we're going through today. And I, I love this song. I love this song, and it's been on so many of my mixtapes throughout my life because it resonates with me. And the reason it resonates with me is because I'm a fickle man who's still figuring it out. I don't stand up here as someone who has it all put together. I stand up here as someone who gets spun just like you. And I need to know that God's at work in my story. And so here he is showing up. And something that I'm learning to do in my journey is not putting this this unrealistic burden on myself. Joel, have a greater faith. Joel, have a greater faith. What I'm learning to do in my story is to realize all I need to do is have faith in someone who's greater. That's what he calls me to. When you're spinning, Joel, when the troubles are overwhelming you, when you're confused, when life doesn't seem fair, when you're pouty, when all those things are happening, the answer isn't to have a greater faith. The answer is to look to me so you can have a faith in someone who's greater, greater than what you're going through. And I love that this is what Asaph shows us, that we can have a faith in the one who's overcome whatever we're facing in our story. Anyone spinning today? Welcome. Welcome to the home of the fickle who are learning how to have faith in the one who is greater. You are in good company today because we're figuring it out together. So God, here we are in this place trying to figure out how to find our faith when the world hits us, when justice shows up, when it's not fair, when we get the news that spins us. God, it's so easy in those moments to want to shake the fist towards you. Thank you that you don't turn away when we do that. Thank you that you invite us to come closer so that in finding you, we gain perspective. Perspective on the story, perspective on ourselves. Thank you that when we raise the fist, you invite us to open our hand and grab onto you so that we know that you hold us by your right hand, that you're leading us into a beautiful place with you. And so today, could we be reminded that it's easy to be fickle? How ironic that a week ago we were concerned about wildfires and today we're concerned about flooding. It's so easy to be fickle. 
but thank you that you seek to remind us of who you are, a God who is always faithful. So we want to come into your presence and lift up our hand and say, would you remind us of who you are? Would you guide us into glory? Because that is our destiny. Because you are at work in our story. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.